Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right. I'm excited to bring in this Bearcat legend. Played for the Bearcats from 1992 to 1995. The 6'2", shooting guard, had one of the most legendary Bearcat performances versus Wyoming. He ranks number 33 all-time on the Bearcat scoring list. He earned the nickname, the Gunslinger. I want to welcome my guy, Lizelle Durden. What's going on, man? Hey, how you guys doing, man? Uh, life's doing good, and uh, hope all is well with everybody else. Yes, sir, man. So, hey, real quick, the, the name Lizelle, wh- where did that name come from? It's such a unique name, and I think it's a great sports name. Yes, my uh, my father named me after a guy, actually. His name was Lizelle, and he was a minister and as well as a basketball player as okay. well. But he was probably my dad's uh, dad's age, which okay. would have been my grandfather's age. And they just liked the name. You know, they were around a lot of uh, – Cajun and Creoles. Okay. So, you know, growing up down south in Mississippi. So, you know, that's where I got my name from. Yeah. Now, now you grew up in Toledo, Ohio. Yes. And I went to Rossford High School. Yes. You were the D2 Player of the Year. Your senior year averaged 38.8 points per game, shot 40.6% from three-point range, and had one game where you had 61 points in one game. Hell of a high school player. Yes. What uh, it, that that take us through that sixty-one point game real quick because not many people ever do that in at, at any level. Oh yeah, it was uh, kind of one of those games, um, kind of like the same situation with Wyoming, for example, in uh, college. It's one of those situations where uh, you know we were in a playoff game actually too. It was hey, you know, uh, win or go home, you know. So uh, Coach Heck, you know, kind of like Coach Huggins did in the Wyoming game, said, hey, no one's knocking shots down. We're we're losing. Hey, he's the only one shooting. Get him the damn ball and just put it in the bucket. That ended up the game plan. You know, so that's where the 61 points, you know. In in other words, I got the green light to just go ahead and and let it go, you know. And and the games like that, you know, those were, you know, you get those opportunities to take that many shots. I think I might have shot 17 to 23s, you know. (laughs) Oh, boy putting it up. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was one of those games and you know, you and too many guys don't get, you know, those opportunities to be putting that opportunity to get the green light to go like that. No, but so that's earned, what was so special about it. Yeah, you earn you earn that right to shoot that much and so obviously with your high school career, um, you know, being such a, a great high school basketball player, it, it earns you a lot of, you know, recruiting conversations with colleges and you start to get recruited by the University of Cincinnati. You know, take us through that process and what led you to the Bearcats. 
Um, I had a lot of good coaches at that time. Um, I think Michigan State was after me at that time. Uh, Maryland, they got out of the picture because of uh, the NCAA violations. Um, you had UNLV and a lot of most of the schools that I was really interested in were out west, you know, kind of playing fast and getting it up and down. You know, of course, with my own shooting style and the way I like to score, you know, that's what I was kind of looking to until, you know, I met Huggins. You know, Coach Huggins, you know, when I met him as a person, as a coach, you know, that I was hooked then. You know, he was a, a fair guy. Hey, everyone earns their spots. You know, I want the ones that was going to work the hardest, you know, and this is what I'm looking to plan to do with you. You know, you couldn't beat that, you know, and it was looking on down the future as well, you know, saying, hey, this guy was – like a father away from home to the guys, you know. So uh, he made the whole difference, you know. It kind of didn't matter what position the school was in or anything. It was, you know, that man as a as a man and as a person, you know, this, I want to play for this guy. You know, and that's how I ended up in Cincinnati. Before then, I didn't really even hear too much about Cincinnati, you know. That's what I was going to ask you. How much did you know about the Bearcats prior to that? N- none, none at all. I, I didn't really pay attention to, you know, Cincinnati because they weren't, you know, up there like that. Last time we probably heard about them was since, like, Oscar, you know, and then kind of like, who is this Bob Huggins guy? You know, didn't kind of know who people was, but once I met him and Coach Harrison, it was, you know, like, man, it's like I knew these guys all my life, you know. They would treat me like my dad, you know, or my uncle, someone would, you know, and that was the whole difference, you know, in, in going there. It didn't matter where the school was, what it was. It was this guy that had a a plan and hey, you know, we I'm gonna get on this ship and ride it with him, man. You know, yeah. and that's and that's where that's where uh you know, that's where my choice came for uh choosing Cincinnati. You mentioned Coach Harrison, Larry Harrison, who is still an assistant coach working with Coach Huggins at West yes. Virginia. Um I think that's pretty cool. And Coach Harrison is just one of the one of the great, great, you know, people to ever enter the basketball coaching world. Just a great person. I'm sure he had a lot of yes, indeed. on you coming. Yes, indeed. He was the one that uh, would come and scout me and, you know, and do all the talking until, you know, until I met Hugs. Like you said, man, he's a great guy, man. You know, really great person, you know, great coach, you know, great player development coach as well. You know, but he was just a great person, man, you know, explaining, you know, what they with the outlook of what they wanted to do and things like that. So, you know, man, these guys are, like you said, they're still together, man. It's some really great people, man. And, and and they enter our lives, you know, and give us those opportunities like that. You know, I still thank them to this day. Yeah, without a doubt. So you, you get to UC, plan for the Bearcats. Now, there are two things with you I want to uh, talk about. Number one, you chose to wear number 23 in college. And that 23 comes from? Yes, from Michael Jordan. Of course. like Of course. <laughs> See, of course, man, of course. And, and then a lot of people used to tell me I look like the guy, so – you know, so I'm trying to <laughs> trying to get everything that Mike had back then, you know. Yeah. But that's why we uh, you know, wore that, but not just for for Michael Jordan, but you know, my dad. So my dad was a pastor and growing up in the church, as well for uh, Psalms 23. You know, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil, that was the other reason that I wore it. You know, okay. as well. You know, right. that was uh, you know, from a religious standpoint, you know, I said my dad's a minister, so Psalms 23 is you know is another reason you wore it too. You know. Super Superman S on the chest. There you go. And 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 you wore a T shirt underneath your jersey. And as I go back and I think about, you know, growing up here in this area and watching you play, um, you were one of those guys and it helps too that you were obviously a, a star at UC, but 
Um, there were there were a lot of players, young players, that looked up to you, me being one of those guys. And seeing you wear a T-shirt underneath your jersey, which a lot of guys did do, um, I started wearing a T-shirt underneath my jersey when I was playing, and that was because of you. Um, was that something you always did? Yeah, since since high school. You know, we kind of wanted to always be different. As I say, I was always one to try to go against the grain a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then I would always cut the right sleeve off. You know, I hated the sleeve getting in you know, on your shoulder and all that. So I would cut the right sleeve off, but, you know, leave the left one on. You know, we've probably been doing it since eighth grade, now, you see, know, I, throughout AAU. Yeah, and, and, and one of the reasons that, that I actually liked wearing the shirt, not only I saw you do it, I had to do it, but I was so skinny, man, and I was embarrassed that my arms were so skinny. Right, <laughs> but, right. <laughs> and that's really what, what kept it going for me. But then I had trouble shooting the ball, with the, the sleeves were so baggy, and I wasn't used to that. And right. so in college, you didn't cut your right sleeve off. I mean, you, you wore, um, you know, it regular. So you just were so used to it at that point? Yeah, at, at that point, I just got used to it. You know, I would rather have the shirt on than, you know, the jersey sticking. I was a sweater, you know, I would sweat like, you know, mm-hmm. guy blow on me, I'm sweating. You know, I I'm, I'm usually have to go through two jerseys sometimes, you know. So, you know, it, the jer- I would rather have a shirt on and, you know, change the T-shirt, you know, maybe at halftime or something than put another T-shirt on because, you know, I would I hate it when the jersey would just stick to my, you know, stick to my skin and all that. Yeah. So that was really the main reason you try to wear the T-shirts. You know, it was a heavy sweater, you know. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about your, your first season of action. In your first mm-hmm. season, you played with guys like uh, Nick Van Exel and Corey Blunt, right? Yes. And, I mean, at that time, your first – season of playing, uh, the Bearcats had a great, a really strong backcourt. So you coming in, you had to learn a lot. You only started two games on a 27 and five team. So I'm sure for you, it was a huge learning process, but you had a lot of guys in front of you to learn from. Oh yeah, man. These guys were like uh brick brothers, man. You know, you kind of knew them. You practice every day with them in practice, man. I, um, could say I probably would try to take advantage of, of the situation, kind of being the, the little brother. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. two older brothers, so I'm the little brother growing up as a sibling. So, you know, I kind of understood, you know, these guys are seniors. You know, they're, they're, they're here. They're going to help me. You know, they're going to help me get better. You know, and every day, man, I, I still look back at those days, the practice uh, back then, you know, it was like, oh, man, it's the practice are 10 times more intense than a game, you know, which kept us ready, you know, competing with each other like that every day. You know, they they were like big brothers, man, learning from these guys, you know, you helped, you know, just as, as, as well as a coach coaching you, you know, these guys made you compete, didn't let you have anything easy, you know, made you earn it, you know, and you learned a lot of the uh, tenacity from these guys and a lot of things from them guys, Terrence Gibson, A.D. Jackson, Terry Nelson, Corey Blunt, Eric Markham, guys, man. You learned a lot, Nick Van Exel. You learned so much from these guys, man. You know, Anthony Buford, you know, and being a young guy, looking up to them, I I took as much as I could from these guys every day. You know, then you get your butt whipped every day. But these guys in practice, man. (laughs) Ain't a a bad thing. For a year, you you, you don't have no choice but to get better. And you know what? That's a great point, Zell, because you look at a lot of players today, and obviously it's a different generation, but you've got yeah. a lot of players now that just want to go in and start right away, and they don't want to exactly. learn from others. And, and if you think about that, looking at what you had to go through your first season 
and then moving on to the second season in 1993, and guys like D'Antonio Wingfield, Damon Flint, Darnell Burton coming in. And listen, D'Antonio's the biggest freshman name in the country. Yeah, Damon sure. Flint, the McDonald's All-American um, doggy uh, DB, comes in with a lot of you know high praise out of Kentucky. But you know what? That was your team. Exactly. I, that was you. I remember going to those games. That was Lizelle Durton's team. You agree with that? Yeah, the guys and, and, and those guys, like I said, the guys we were just mentioning, I mean, they kind of prepare you for those things. You know, you're going to be the older older brother now, you know, so you have to take on a responsibility of, you know, leading by example, you know, and, and basically trying to take care of the young guys, man, and keep their head in where their head needs to be at, you know, and, and have them doing the things that they're supposed to do, just like the big brothers before, you know, they come in, you know, they did the same thing with me, you know, trying to keep your head straight. You know, some days it gets rough. You know, so so the, so the brothers coming together, you know, get you through it, you know. So they kind of prepare you for that role, you know. When it's your turn to be the leader, you know, be a responsible leader, be a good example, you know, and lead by example, you see. And, and, and that's what it gave me, especially with coming in with those guys. Like I said, these guys were big, you know, big names, big All-Americans and things like that. So, you know, trying to be a good big brother to them, and trying to harness the egos and teach them how to be humble, you know. This is what these guys did for me before – you know, the ones that came before me, you know, is teaching you how to be humble and keeping your ego under control, you know, and those things like that, you know, make a big difference, man. Now let me ask you, how do you do that with a guy like D'Antonio Wingfield who comes in as, okay, this dude is one and done. He's, I mean, six foot nine. He's got, a, he's got the pro game already, and, and he knows what he wants to do. Come in, do this, and I'm out. Um, yep. You know, how how do you lead a guy like that? You just try to make him be, man, show gratitude, man, because it can end at any moment, man. And then I was had the mind like this as a young guy, too, you know, growing up in the church, you know, my dad being a minister. This is how he always talked to us, man. You know, you be thankful for every gift and every ability that you have, man, you know, because it can, it can end tomorrow, you know, for anyone. You know, so, you know, just trying to be show gratitude and thanks and appreciation for, you know, being able to be in a position and, 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 and show your abilities and things like that to the world, you know, you're trying to get them to be grateful and show some kind of gratitude, you know, and that, that's where it's at. So, you know, that's where me as a leader, that's what I try to get everyone to understand, appreciate opportunities that we have, man. And to be able to, you know, try to put some history down where you look back one day and see the, the effort that we gave today, you know, tomorrow, you yep. know, so always preach that to the guys. And, you know, and to do that, you had to show some kind of gratitude and, and try to be humble, man, in any kind of way or form, you know, was what, what was the motto with me. Yep. And one thing about that 1993 season, and I think one of the most slept-on uniforms of all time was from that 1993 season. I loved, growing up, I loved those Bearcat uniforms, that big red stripe that came across the unis. I loved the black. Yes. And red. You remember those, of course. Yes, yes. Those were crazy, man, because they were just so different, right? Right. And and, and and the Bearcats are known for having some of the great uniforms in, in basketball history. And I, I think those are some very slept-on uh, uniforms. Do you still have your uniforms, your shorts, jersey? Yes. I, I that, that outfit you're talking about, I have that. I have sweatsuits. Those some of the favorites still, man. The, the, the black one with the black stripe on it, yes, those are some of the favorites still. Crazy. I still have some of them. Yes, yes, indeed. 
Hey, and people people would pay money for that, man. Bearcat fans love that that stuff. Now, Zell, moving into the 1994 season, so you go from 93, you guys finish 22 and 10, and you're playing with Dontonio Wingfield, and those greats, and Don goes off to the NBA, um, but in comes a new kid, Danny Fortson. Um, and listen, and obviously Danny goes on and and is a great Bearcat and makes it to the NBA. Once again, this is still this is still a Zell Durden's team. Um, you guys go 22 and 12 for the season, but probably the moment for that season happened December 17th, 1994. And in my opinion, it is one of the greatest, not only single Bearcat performance, but just one of the great, great games in UC Bearcat history. And I remember watching that game on TV and, and, and going crazy. And and the thing is, and why I'm so excited to talk to you, is I have never really heard you speak about that game and just kind of the mindset and what went through that game. So if you don't mind, if we can kind of go through that game here real quick. No, for sure. Um, and so it was versus Wyoming, December 17th, 1994. Um the Bearcats win 81 to 80. You had 45 points. Now, only two guys prior to had more points in a single game. That was the Big O and Jack Twyman. So you're you're in great right. company from that game. Um, now let's 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 take it to this point. You guys are trailing by nine points with a minute and 28 to play on the road. Teams just don't come back and win those games. That's right. usually that's usually a wrap, but the Bearcats have Lizelle Durden, who goes on to score seven in the next minute. Take us through that that kind of that last minute scoring seven points. Hey, uh, I can remember pretty vividly. Um, you know that that week was rough, man. I think we were on Christmas break. I think it was. We had a little stretch of games, and so we kind of knew it was going to be rough out there uh, playing up, you know, in in the in the air, you know, that high. So we kind of knew it was going to be pretty rough. So um, the week was pretty rough, you know, getting to practice and whatnot. So it comes down to that last minute of the game, you know, that, you know, everyone's pretty much dead. And, you know, I was kind of getting a little hot before then. So, you know, the game plan was, hey, man, just keep getting in the ball. Let's see what happened. And I always had that, that determination that, hey, man, make or miss, I'm, you know, I'm willing to let it go, man, you know. <laughs> right. So so it was it was one of those games, and it was – like this, the whole game, you know, everyone's pretty much shot. You know, we're all winded, you know, because it's, you know, we're up in the air playing the thin air. So we're all pretty much gassed, you know. So, And I was known to pretty much have the endurance and the stamina and whatnot. And then uh, I think my man, Darnell Burton, he gets hot as well. You know, in the end of me and him always gunslinger and a cowboy, you know, we always say, hey, man, I think it's time. Let's just keep going. Let's get him the ball, man. We just pray for the best, hope to start falling. You know, the shots start going start falling, you know, and it was just one of those, uh, what you want to call it, great uh, shining moment, man. You know, the shots start falling. The whole team, everyone is screening for me. Everyone is, you know, is, is helping me get these shots. You know, I can't get these shots on my own without the guys, you know. So at a certain point when they knew I would get hot, man, these guys are good screeners, big guys, man, Art Long, these guys, man, John Jacobs, these guys start screening. I'm hitting the shots. Darnell's hitting a couple, you know, and I'm probably about the only one that's really not totally gutted gut-winded, you know, I really never hardly got winded like that coming up my days, you know, that was 
I guess probably one of my strengths was endurance and stamina, you know, more than anything. You know, I was probably one of my, my best strengths, you know, as far as an athlete. So, you know, I'm probably one of the only guys that's not gutted on. I'm talking both top sides. And, you know, it's like I said, it's one of those games where, man, the shots are just going, you know, and and you kind of get the feeling that, hey, these, this is going to be one of these other uh, shining moments. You know, you kind of can get the feeling, you know, or, okay, now give me the ball. I'm ready. You know, I can feel it. You know, it's kind of at this moment, I know it's going in. And, you know, I'm confident in my own self, too, as well at this point. You know, it's, you have that feeling that night, you know, where like, hey, about anything I throw up about right now, it's it's going to go in, you know. So it was kind of one of those feelings down, especially down the stretch. You know, it was rough getting started that game, I remember. You know, they, I was hot from the jump. You know, it was like a slow process in, in, in getting there. But at this situation, it was it's thank God I started getting warmed up and heated at the end of the game. You know when it when the clock's almost out. So I I remember those that last stretch. You know when everyone was winning, I just kept telling the guys, man, give me the ball. I'm gonna just I'm gonna pull it, no matter what. I could just see everyone's gutted. You know the Wyoming guys are they're they're winded. You know everyone's trying to look like they're in a perfect defense stand, but you know they can't move. <laughs> you know no way can move. <laughs> Right. It was one of these games, that, and, and, I, and I and I and I I can sense it too. I can sense it at this time. You know, I said both of us are there. You know, so it was just like I said, a look at the cards, man. You know, it's like, hey, man, everyone's gutted, tired. He's he's still going. Just get him the ball, man. The shots start falling. You know, I think until we got down to the uh, the last situation, you know, I ended up shooting the last uh, free throws. You know, and, and put myself in that situation. So take us back. What led? to those game-winning three free throws? I believe we had I hit shots. Darnell hit shots. I think it ended up – we were down – we ended up coming back and was down by, I believe, two. Mm-hmm. Two points, I believe. And uh, we had the ball. Of course, they get focused on Azell, get him the ball. They knew it was coming. You know, they got me the ball, and they ended up fouling me on the, uh, the shot with no seconds on the clock. You know, so we were down by two, and I had to shoot three free throws. So at the worst, you know, you miss two and lose the rough way, make two and, and take it to overtime or hit three and the game's over. So, you know, so I end up hitting all three, you know, and that that's what made the game, you know, that's what put the cherry on top of the game. Okay, so you get fouled. You know you've got to go to the free throw line. You know yeah. no one's going to be on the lane because the time's, you know, expired. So it's just going to be you in the basket and the crowd yelling crazy stuff at you. So – Walking up to the free throw line, knowing the different scenarios you just laid out, what is going through your mind? As an elite shooter and scorer that you are, what's going through your mind? At this time, it's just like, man, my, it's it's like a dream come true, my man. It, it's like, hey, this is what we live for. This is what I've been practicing for all the years. This is what I've been preparing, preparing for. Now it's here. What are you going to do? You know, so at, at, at this time, you know, it's a little – confident cocky little thing right. you know i remember i remember i said what am i going to do i'll start getting nervous and i remember the only thing i could come up with i said i'm going to tell the crowd to be quiet because it's going to make me focus even more on on the shot so i remember telling the crowd to be quiet the first shot and praying at the same time lord <laughs> well and, and that's what's so crazy about it you know so last night lazelle i was telling my nephew who just turned 19 years old Right. I was telling him I was going to interview you, and obviously a lot of the young kids, are, and he lives in Florida, so he's not familiar with who you are, and I was talking about this legendary game. Right. And I'm like, go find it on YouTube, and he's shushing the crowd on the free throws. 
and my nephew's like, wait a minute, what? He's telling the truth, and, and the game's not even over? I'm like, nah. I'm like, he should. Now, what, who were you, who were you, were there, were there specific people talking to you, or were you just telling everybody in the arena, like, shut up, I got this? Just, just everyone in the arena, like, it's, it's over, you know, so just be quiet, it's over with. You know, because it, it's kind of it was a confident booster. You know, hey, the more loud you guys get, the more I'm gonna focus. Yeah. You know, it's better better to be silent, so to speak. You know, so it's kind of you know not taunting them, but you know, hey, man, I use these guys to make me more focused. You know, at this point when I did that, it's like, hey, I have to nail these things out. You know, I remember I remember looking over at Coach Huggins and Coach Harrison and uh, Mr. Burbridge. You know, I remember Mr. Burbridge just called all of us homie. He's over there yelling, man, my homie got this. He do this every day in practice. You got this. You got this, homie. And I remember Coach Huggins and Coach Harrison looking like, man, you better got this. <laughs> I remember all the guys being nervous and things. But, man, I remember it was a beautiful moment for me as far as the history, you know, in sports. Because I'm like, man, this is what kind of practice for you growing up and playing in your bedroom, you know, and with the guys at the park and stuff like this. This is kind of things you, you know, would live to dream for, you know. So and then at that moment it's kind of like you know well it's here you know I have to you know I have to do this you know and it's like you saw it before like a thousand times that you know you can't put the time together so you know it's that special moment so you know you know it's that special moment and there's there's a in the video of the game and you making that third free throw there is an angle of it and it, it's one of my favorite favorite moments so you've made the two games tied. You're stepping up to make that third free throw to win the game. And I'll never forget this. There's an angle where the cameraman's shooting it from the front of you. And in the background to the left is, I can't remember who your teammate was because his back's kind of turned. But after you assist the crowd on that second one, you're getting ready to shoot the third one. And right as you're going up to shoot it, the teammate that's behind you turns to the crowd, puts his hands up, game over. And he starts celebrating before you even let it go. And then you make it. And then the whole – you start jumping up and down. The bench comes out, and Kevin Frazier goes. They win it. The gunslinger. The gunslinger. <laughs> Man, that is like one of the – have you ever seen that image? Yes. Behind? I, think was it was, I think it was Big Jack. Okay. John or or Arthur. Man, they started – they put their hands up and said, it's a wrap. Like, the supreme confidence they had in you at that moment was just an amazing image. And, and that nickname, let's let's get on to that, the gunslinger. That, that nickname has become one of the most legendary nicknames in Bearcat history. Of course, you've got the big O. You've got Melvin Levitt, who's the helicopter. But the gunslinger? That lives up there with all those. Where'd that nickname come from? Uh, my man, Kevin Frazier. Kevin, yep. Kevin Frazier. He, you know, he always shot around with us before practice. He was, I love that guy. He was, he was a good guy. Uh, he would shoot around, you know, in practice with us before and everything like that. He had a little game on him, you know, so, so he kept wondering, you know, what am I going to call this this kid, you know? And and he kept playing with a bunch of names. And then he's the one that came up with the gunslinger. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and he came, I remember he came and asked me, he said, hey, you don't mind if I start calling you the gunslinger? I said, hey, there, there it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said, hey, 
hey, I'm going to start gunning them down. That's it. You know, from there, you know, from that day on, you know, I was a gunslinger. You know, he, Kevin Frazier gave me the name, though. That's crazy. And and Kevin's gone on to do incredible things, man. The dude's a yes, global, sir. global TV star, host of Entertainment Tonight. I mean, he's at every big-time celebrity event hosting. Um, and, and I want to tell you this. You know, I text Kevin Frazier before our interview, and he texts me a picture back. He still has your jersey, and he says he still walks around Los Angeles wearing your jersey. My I, man. <laughs> I, I mean, how cool is that, though? Like, seriously. Oh, man, that that makes me feel awesome, man. You know, but like I said, um, you know, as far as, as a person that, that he was back then, you know, we got to know him personally on a, on a personal level, you know. I mean, a really, really good person, man. You know, he, he cared about the guys too, and he, and he had another he had another kind of passion in, in his you know for his for what he does as as a uh, broadcaster and things. He had a you know a deeper passion yep. than than the normals that you would you would see. But he was a really good person, man. You know, outside of that, as well. You know, we got to really know him good as a person. Totally agree. Now, a couple of things I want to jump into. Obviously, you go down as as one of the great great shooters in, in UC history. But I think one thing that gets surpassed sometimes is I thought you were a really good defender and also a really good rebounder. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, majority of people always see, you know, because I'm known as a prolific scorer and things like that. But, you know, you know you can't do – if you can't do none of the other things, you can't play for Huggins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So, so he definitely helped change that part of my game, man. You know, he definitely helped change that part of my game. And, and and really, I think a lot of that comes like your your ability to sit down and guard and and, and go you know attack the glass um, as you talked about earlier. Your your elite conditioning. I mean, you were you never got tired. It was crazy, man. It was like Lizelle could play every minute of every single game from the the first game of the year against athletes in action all the way to you know, whatever game in the tournament. You just had that elite conditioning. Was that something that you just always had, or was that something that you had to develop and you always continue to work on? It's just something I had um, to work on, but half of it was there, but the rest, you know, comes from the mentality. Mm -hmm. It's like I said, growing up watching guys like Jordan and these guys and like, man, you know, I mean, that's how I want to be. You know, this guy has to be in better shape than these guys that play the whole game, you know, so. At a young age, I started looking at um, stamina and endurance. You know, most things that most athletes don't focus on, especially in basketball. You know, I guess back then we just started getting into the weight conditioning and, and things like that, adding the weights a little bit to it and things like that. Even coming out of high school, we start adding the weights and things to it. But, you know, I would always hate and, and had a fear coming up. It's saying I'm not going to have enough gas to finish the game. You know, that was like a fear of mine. Yeah. So, you know, so it was kind of, hey, man, if I have more stamina and more endurance than the next guy, you know, for for a while they they might, you know, get out there and do this. But when fatigue hits, and that's one thing that hugs, man, always hit on the head. Fatigue turn you into a coward, you know. And, 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 and I never forget that. I said, man, he's not, he's not kidding with that. And that was always like the way I felt, you know, coming up even before I met Huggins. You know, it's like, no, these guys are totally – different when you're tired, you know, a guy's totally different. I saw yeah. that at a young age and that's something that I kind of put extra 
into my workouts was to build endurance and stamina, you know, so you can go the longer, you know, longer distance than that. And it really, it really made a difference. I've seen that at a young age, you know, and, and growing up, you know, and, and added that to to my actual workout as a player and things like that, you know, for for an advantage. Now, listen, you 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 did something. You probably don't remember this, but I have a story about you. All right, so here's my story. Um, when you were playing, I was lucky enough to ball boy a game. All right, when I was a, when I was right. a kid, I ball boyed a game, and of course the ball boys are there earlier, and we're rebounding for people, and I rebounded for you. Um, and you know you could kind of pick the you know player you wanted to rebound for, and of course I gravitated to you because you were a shooter. I like to shoot. Blah blah blah. So I'm rebounding for you, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like I've, I've watched this dude before. He's not left-handed. Why is he shooting left-handed? So the entire time during that warm-ups, you shot it left-handed. And finally, I mean, this went on for a while. And then finally, I said, man, I know I'm probably not supposed to talk to him, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I went up to you, and I'm like, hey, you're right-handed, right? And you're like, yeah? And I'm like, I just rebounded for you, and you shot him left-handed. And you were like, yeah, man, that's something I do because you you said, you know, when I shoot with my left hand, it helped me concentrate on my form because I don't usually shoot it left-hand. So I got to think about where's my elbow supposed to be. You know, I think about all the details. And And then you said, by the time I get to shooting with my right hand, I feel so confident because I know how to shoot it with my right hand. And I never—I don't even know if you remembered that, you know, but I just, man, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. And that's crazy how, like, little things like that have impact on people. And honestly, yeah. ask anybody that season from my basketball team when I played, right. I did that. True story. You probably don't even remember that. <laughs> not, not with you, but I remember this. Was, this was little things that just the way my mind worked, you know. So I, I know what you're saying, yes, for a fact, you know. And and it's kind of like neurologically programming yourself, you know. I would always, you know, that's why I would shoot a lot, you know. I would always kind of shoot. I could basically shoot a jump shot in my sleep, you know. I would almost make it like second second nature, you know, where it's neurologically just integrated in there, you know. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I was just starting working with kids now, you know, myself, you know, and and doing the shooting camps and things like that. So I'm just starting to, to get back into that. About three years ago, I was in a serious car accident here. About three years ago, so oh, really? I was physically, yeah. So I'm I'm back up and 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 moving and things like that now. But you know, okay, for about good. two years, yeah, about two years, I couldn't do nothing. You know, totally whiplash from head to toe, man. You know, thank God I didn't break any bones or nothing like that, but. But I'm back up and moving now. But it took a couple of years to get back, you know, fully. The game of strength. So, you know, I'm just now getting back out here coaching the kids. Of course, I got grandkids now, Alex. Wow. I have a, uh, I have a nine-year-old grandson. I coached him last year uh, wow. playing basketball. He's That's just great. starting to play basketball, you know, but he's a baseball player, I believe. Can he shoot? <laughs> oh, he, he 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 shoots with both hands right now. He hasn't figured it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and I'm kind of trying to leave him leave him at the baseball for the switch hitter. <laughs> gotcha. Right. 
No, that's that's crazy. You're you're a, you're a grandfather now, but hey, time time goes by very very quickly, and that's gonna. Oh my God! Me, tell me about it. Yeah, man, this, that's gonna lead me to this. Speaking of time going by quickly, the last part of my interviews, I always like to do quick questions, quick answers. So I want to yep. do that with you. Are you ready? Yep. All right, quick questions, quick answers with Lizelle Durden. Here we go. The first, well, the first question, question I have is, who is the who is best, best Bearcat basketball player you ever played with? Nick Van Exel. <sighs> no question. What, say, say a few things about Nick. Why is that? Man, Nick's, Nick, his tenacity just as a player, the size and height and the way that he was, I mean, his tenacity, you know, the old saying, you know, the the the, the fight inside the dog. I mean, he had a big dog bite, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in a, in a very in a, in a regular sized man's body. I mean, this guy, you know, uh, a mind of a giant man. You know, yep. he he really had a mind of a giant. You want to say one of your my ultimate competitors I've ever met, most competitive human I've probably ever met. I'm talking on and off the court. He it never stopped. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yep. That's that's how that's how great players are. That's yep. how you know elite elite level people are. So yeah, Nick Van Exel is definitely he's my favorite. No offense to you or anybody else, he's my For favorite sure, man. of all For time. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Now my next question: In your and I, I think I know your answer to this, but in your prime, could you beat in a three point shooting contest prime Steph Curry? Uh, I would say yeah, on a good night, yeah. I love it. I love yeah, it. on on a on a good night, I would I would have loved to compete with that guy, man. I would I would have loved to do it. He would have took me to another level. <laughs> I would have loved to do it. I would have loved to the, do it. And that's the thing. So, and one one thing about you was, like, the bigger the moment, the bigger the player you became. And so, yes, right. And so, as you think about a guy like Steph Curry, who you know, everyone looks at as, you know, the greatest shooter in the history of, of basketball. And, you know, he's he's put at that at level right now. And, and I always tell people, like, man, I, you know, I watched a guy named Lizell Durden. I think mean, he was pretty damn good, too. And I think you definitely would, would give Steph a good run, for sure. Oh, yeah. I tell people that all the time today. I said, oh, my God, man, me and him would have had some battles, man. We would have no made, made each other better, man, for sure. No. No doubt about it. All right, so let's take you back. All right, so we want to rewind the tape. All right, we're going to take you back to, let's say, 1993. All right? Yep. What pump-up song did you listen to before games? Like, what was your go-to pump-up song and artist? Oh, my God. Man, 93. I couldn't even tell you back then. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly couldn't even tell you. It was so many people coming back then. You had uh, it it, it might have been one of the uh the west the west you know the west coast songs because you had um, we had uh Nick and Corey and all these guys uh Corey and Corey uh Terry and Eric and uh Eric from out uh west you know and all this was good. It might have been one of the one of the west coast guys, but it was so much music. I really could honestly could could tell you. Okay, I didn't know if you you had like that one. No, I never. I was always always over the map, you know, gotcha. with the music. I, I I wasn't stuck on one one or the other, you know. I was all over the map with the music. Gotcha. No 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 doubt. So, all right, the last question here: What talent do you have 
that would really surprise a lot of people? Uh, I am a very good chef and a poet writer. Really? Yeah. What's your What's your go to dish? Oh man, I can do whatever, Alex. I mainly seafood. Okay. Mainly seafood, but I, I cook everything, man. I barbecue, I grill, I do it all. Okay, that's good. And you write poetry, huh? Yeah. It's probably nice. skills didn't no, didn't no one never imagined. Right. <laughs> and, and hey, that's true. For I mean, people don't think athletes, basketball players, football, venture into that world of where you're using your mind. You know what I mean? They always say they use their physical. They don't use their mind. And that's yeah. what's so great was all about Kobe Bryant. In Kobe Bryant's second act, yep. you know, it was showing the world how great his mind was, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. Rest in peace, Kobe. Good Lord. Yes. Um, but yeah, but this has been great, man. I'm telling you, Bearcat fans um, will, will not only love to hear your stories, but also getting into your mind of that Wyoming game. And I was on Twitter and I was tweeting out, like, you know, who do you want to hear from? Like, what Bearcat player in the past do you want to hear from? Right, right. And your, your name came up a bunch of times, and I'm like, all right, right I'm hitting Zell up. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, we got to get you back to a Bearcat game. Yep, for sure, man. Let's do that. And listen, I got the tickets. You don't have to worry about that. I got the okay. tickets. Let's get you back to a game. And you got to see my dad again. You haven't seen my dad in years. Yes, man. I miss that guy, man. Yeah. He, he was. He was. He was like. He was another dad away from home too. He kept right. our butts. He kept our butts straight for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, Dale? He turned eighty-seven yesterday. I saw that. Like, oh my God! God bless him, man. He looks no. good too, man. He Thank looks you. really good too, man. I will tell you. God bless him. For sure, tell him I said that for sure. I might, I might give him your number and have uh, have him call you. Okay, you don't mind. Yes, indeed, indeed, yes. He can always give me a call for sure. That'd be great, man. Well, hey, listen, I want to thank you for coming on the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And like I said, number one, we got to get you back to another game, and I hope to have you back on again soon. All right. Hey, and I appreciate you having me. And it's always good talking with family, man. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at Big Meach 41 And soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.